There was an idea. The two podcasters could join together and cover every single superhero television show and movie that exists. Scott and Chris combined their talents to form Binge Storm and to make this idea a reality. Then Barry Allen popped in and reminded us that short of having time-altering super speed, there's no way in hell we can accomplish that in one lifetime. We'll do what we can. So, anywho, welcome to Weekly Heroics, a two true freaks guide to heroes on TV. Hi, welcome to Weekly Heroics, uh, two true freaks guide to heroes on TV, covering Preacher, Preacher Cast, Season 3, Episode 6, I can't, still can't say it, so I'm kicking it to you, hero. Les, what, what, les enfants du sang. Oh, sang. les enfants du sang. The children of blood. Voulez-vous souffrir <laughs> n'avez-le... Voulez-vous coucher avec quoi? Parlez-vous. Little Lady Marmalade. Preacher. Little Lady Marmalade yeah. coming. Where's all my soul, sisters? Let me hear your flow, sisters. The Laugh Track Tina's with us tonight. Hey, uh, I, wa- I watched that video about nine billion times. <laughs> what, Lady Marmalade? What, well, the one with Little Kim and uh, Eve. Oh, not yeah. Eve. Uh, Little Kim and Maya and Christina Aguilera and Pink. Hell I, yeah. I used to DJ a lot of bars um, when that one first came out, and they, they loved that shit in the club, as they say. They still do. At least this guy does. It's timeless, you know, it was Patty LaBelle originally. You can't Yes. Can't do wrong with this Patty. So. Nope. Alright, so but there is absolutely no Patty LaBelle on this podcast at all. Nope. Um no nowhere near it. Just weird vampire <laughs> shit. And Eugene. So we'll jump into it. <laughs> Finally, goddammit, we got our space back. And it's our opening scene. He's uh, staring at the decimated remains of Anvil, Texas, which I, I when I first saw this scene, I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. He didn't even know. He, no, he was gone. Yeah, he was in hell from, from Anvil, didn't get to see. I think the crater was a little bit bigger than we thought it was originally, but I'm, I'm not going to complain. It was a nice... No, it was methane. Methane does, scene. you know, blows up real good. And well, even, like, grass is growing again, you know, in, in the bottom of the crater, so that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um... But um, disgruntled, he just kind of asks himself, what was it all for? You know, why did I go to hell just to lead back to only this? And, of course, he surmises that God must uh, want him alive, as uh, going to hell is technically what saved his life. So yes. there you go. He has Jesse to thank for that one, sort of. Um, one of his uh, fellow, uh, he gets sent to an or- uh, orphanage soon after he had watching the destruction, and uh, one of his fellow <laughs> orphanage uh, people... Um, relates his tale of woe in which everybody that he's ever known has died, apparently. And uh, he tells Eugene that this is the end of the line for him. But then suddenly uh, a voice comes over the uh, intercom and a woman informs Eugene that he's been adopted. (laughs) And (laughs) Eugene's new foster parent appears in the doorway and it's, lo and behold, the saint of killers himself. And the nurse tries to get him to fill out some paperwork. (laughs) No. Gets thrown through a wall for her troubles. Yeah, Eugene wonders aloud again why God would send him back to Earth just to take him back to hell, and the saint just growls and says, God has got nothing to do with it. And as they walk on down the road, the saint tells Eugene they are making one stop before heading back to hell, and I think we can all guess what that stop's going to be. 
Mister uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Hitler and uh, or Hilter uh, working in Starbucks or something remains to be seen. So we roll our credits and we get right to the good vampire stuff. And uh, Icarius, <laughs> the leader of the Enfanto song, welcomes Cassidy to his group of wannabe vampires, and uh, Cassidy is notably unimpressed. And Mrs. Rosen, the grandmother of uh, one of the members, enters her basement, you know, but leaves when she sees that her grandson has guests. So we literally have <laughs> the nerd living in his grandma's basement, and this one wants to be a yep. vampire. Uh, again, Cassidy's very unimpressed, and he's just like, oh, yeah, just a bunch of posers. And Icarius is like, I'm not a poser, and eats an entire owl right in front of him to, uh, to prove himself. Impressive. So uh, Jesse is uh, lying unconscious on the floor after the fight we didn't get to see, unfortunately, at the end of last episode. Uh, they they strap Tulip to Grandma's soul-sucking machine. Jesse barges in and suggests that they rob Madame Boyd's bank of souls instead. And, you know, instead of just one soul, Grandma can feast on a whole bunch of them. Mm. And he says, however, they need Tulip's help because she's the master bank robber. Uh, but to do that, the Boyds have to think the Tulip and Gran are dead. So we get a little scene of uh, Jesse, T.C., and Jody grieving over fake graves that they created for Tulip and Grandma, and T.C.'s, you know, play, you know, really into the moment, man. He, he's practically thinking they're really dead. Uh, one of the Boyd spies on them from afar and calls Madame Boyd to inform her that her plan to kill Tulip and Grandma worked. Back in the house, Tulip works on a disguise for the bank robbery. <laughs> Jesse catches Grandma whispering something into Jody's ear. And Tulip asks uh, Jesse if he remembers a job they did and then pops on a blonde wig. So there's our official nod to co- comic Tulip right there. And uh, I think it's a great... And she, she totally could have... Oh, yeah, she could have pulled it off if they did like that for the whole show. Uh, easily. I'm glad they didn't. Ruth Negan needs to stick with her real hair in, in real life, I think. All right, all right. I don't know. I mean, it would be just... I was never a big fan of, you know, going blonde when you're not blonde. I mean, my, my ex-wife did it once. Like, she did this this full dye job and went total platinum blonde and I'm like no that that's maybe when it started crumbling it was like you already you already had blonde hair honey I just don't get it oh wow we get interesting cat stuff going on tonight appropriately enough uh Carius is sitting here on my girlfriend's shoulder just chilling oh <laughs> so Tulip enters uh, Madame Boyd's bank, a bank incognito, or something like that, with them big words, and opens mm-hmm. a safety deposit box. And the bank manager reveals that each safety deposit box can only be opened by the owner's saliva, which he demonstrates by licking the the reader, uh, licking the box, yep. as he says. Yes, <laughs> yeah. the box. Yes. Uh. On her way out of the bank, Tulip secretly pushes the silent alarm button so the crew can monitor the response times. So, bank robbery 101 there, kids, if you're taking notes. Mm-hmm. Hairstar asks uh, Hoover for an update on Cassidy and emphasizes that they must keep their little coup a secret from the All-Father who is watching them. And uh, Hoover states that he thinks the All-Father <laughs> All seems more fat than scary. Uh, but Stark tells uh, Hoover, he makes me look like a conscientious objector. And then and relays a little tale about how he once dispatched someone who displeased him by touching his hot pocket. Don't, don't ever touch a man's Never hot pocket. Never touch a man's hot pocket unless, you know, you know him really, really well. Yeah. Uh, which... <laughs> <laughs> Please. 
And of course he dispatched his minion by sitting on his head and crushing, I'm crushing your head like a grape. And a beautiful just pop and, you know. Uh, nice little Jackson Pollock of blood everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Icarius, back to the, the infants, uh, selects a member, uh, Dang, to become a vampire in that night's blood ceremony. And he invites Cassidy to join in, but Cassidy declines, saying he does not enjoy being a vampire, but Icarius just tells him, it's like, you've been doing it wrong. Um, and I love this actor. I hope we see a lot more of this guy. I just want mm. <laughs> do you don't like him. I, I just, I mean, no. It's... I think he was. I think he was fantastic. But yeah. I don't think we're going to see too much more. <laughs> no, at least one more episode. It's looking like. But uh, yeah, I just they could just do a spinoff with Cassidy and this guy, which I'll get to later because he's he's better than he is now. But yeah, it tells Cassie's just been doing it wrong. Tulip describes uh, the bank security to t- uh, Jesse, TC, and Jody, and police cars arrive at the bank, uh, and the response time is apparently seven minutes. So TC offers to buy them more time yes. when they rob the bank. <laughs> Another nice little call out to the books. Star arrives at his office. Featherstone is going over his messengers, including timely stuff like Robert Mueller and Meghan Markle. Um... So they also walk past some people wiping shit off the wall that apparently Humper Doodoo <laughs> has put there. Literally yeah. just wrote his name out in his own shit. I think Star says something like, is that all his own shit? She's like, mostly, mostly. Yeah, we're hosing him <laughs> off now. Um, yeah. And Star and just, oh, just packed with book geekasms in this one. Star goes yeah. to his office and finally removes his hat. Revealing a long cut along the center of his scalp, and to his surprise, he finds the Allfather sitting at his desk. <laughs> Jesse drinks at a bar. Uh, Madame Boyd shows up to offer her condolences, and Jesse says he would spit on her and kill her if he thought she was involved. Uh, he then dares her to spit on his face for killing her brother, which she doesn't take the bait. Jesse flirts and suggests that they kiss. Uh, Jesse returns to Tulip's car and scrapes a sample of uh, her saliva from his mouth, and Tulip's not happy about the method he used to obtain it. But it worked. Yep, it worked. You know, like, oh, just lucky you had that, you know, cheek scraper handy with you. He's like, yeah, that was lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse's gonna be in the doghouse for a little bit when this gets all over. So Jody drops TC off at a petting zoo, and he looks concerned, actually. I think it's one of the few times we've seen Jody look concerned, but I think he knows what's happening. (laughs) Jesse and Tulip enter the bank with guns and masks. And uh, the police sheriff, I love this, is is racing to the bank, but he gets a call and turns around after dispatch alerts him. He's like, oh, we got someone, you know, breaking into the petting zoo, and the cop's like, I'm going to a bank robbery. He's like, it's TC, boss. Yeah. Just, you know, it's like 180, like, oh my god. Yeah, Smokey and the Bandit style, just <laughs> right around. Yeah. And Jody parks at Madame Boyd's motel and begins shooting up the place. It was his little secret mission. Uh, Jesse and Tulip escape the brief, uh, bank with a briefcase full of souls, and we get a scene of naked TC, Dingle swinging in the breeze. Swinging. With a with a goat in tow. <laughs> and uh, although it was, if I remember, I think it was a chicken that was kind of TC's. I don't think he really yes. had a, a main choice, kind of what was ever hanging out, but he did yeah. a chicken in the books. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I do you remember that? Well, I mean, they they gave they gave a uh, onomatopoeic uh, squawk in the artwork to uh, the noises it was making when yeah, TC yeah. was bugger. Yep. So 
You don't forget something like that. No, no. I Several years of therapy, really. Um, <laughs> Jody leaves Madame Boyd's motel after killing her entire crew. And back with Star, the Allfather remarks that his head looks like a giant penis. Because, <laughs> of course, it does. Yep. And uh, the Allfather, and I'm sure we're just going to be... There'd be just excuses being found to have Star take his hat off after this. I hope because he, he was tortured by it in the books for quite some time. Um, Allfather insists that Star feast on a horse with him before they discuss business. Wheeling a horse. Yeah, that was a surprise. Yeah, yeah, because Star's all like, "How's you know? How's the local food treating you? You know, probably a little bit light for your taste. Not enough sauces, you know." <laughs> he's like, no, we're going to eat a horse. <laughs> ah, good afternoon, sir, and how are we today? Better. Better? Better get a bucket. I'm going to throw up. Ah, uh, Gaston, a bucket for monsieur. Uh, yeah. Back with Star, the Allfather remarked, oh, already did that one. Back to Acarius, uh, he holds Cassidy while flying over New Orleans, and they land on the street, and, uh, and of course, Can You Read My Mind was going through I was, my it, yeah. head during this scene, and I'm completely ashamed of that. Not really, but that's the way my brain works. Mine too. And I'm sure it was intentional, because it was... <laughs> it looked like it, in a way. Superman, folks. If you don't know, go see. Uh, in a bar, Cassidy tries to hit on uh, a woman, but gets rejected, and Nicarius puts the woman in a trance and orders her to kiss him, and she does, and her dad does as well. And after the kiss, uh, he transforms into a cat, kind of leaving Cassidy in a bit of a lurch with, you know, with her, her dad and her. And uh, it's it's great because Cassidy's the first like, oh man, that's fucking great, and you can turn invisible. And and you just hear a voice saying, no, that's stupid. Nobody can turn invisible. And you look down, and it's a cat. It's Salem from from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Sure, or actually, I mean, it looked just like my Lucy cat. So it's like, oh, awesome. <laughs> so I wonder because he leaves marks on me that are very vampiric sometimes, so I'm wondering. Uh, just come out and play, Icarus. I, I want to be a vampire. Anyway, <laughs> Cassidy admits that he's impressed by Icarus's powers. As they leave the bar, he asks him how he got, you know, so powerful flying and stuff like that, apparently, that Cassidy hasn't figured out and shape-shifting. And uh, Icarus, uh, at the blood ceremony, bites Deng, and turns him into a vampire, and everyone claps, and, and Cassidy tells Icarus that turning people into vampires is wrong, and uh, he attempts to fight him briefly, but he just kind of matrix, you know, he, he just avoids everything, can't even lay a hand on him. No. And Icarus points out that he only picks people who are good, and, and he asks, you know, Cassidy tells the tale of Dennis, um, and he only picks people who are good and who are ready to protect the vampire traditions. And he begs Cassidy to be his friend, but uh, Cass says he has enough friends. And, and, and as I said, I'm bummed. I want to see a Cassidy Icarus spinoff, like, right fucking now. Um, I mean, it definitely evokes, like, I haven't even got back to that part in the book yet, so I don't remember how similar he is to the book. It's pretty close, I think. Yeah. But all that was kind of, I mean, it very Anne Rice-y type stuff. Actually, yeah. it, it was a good scene between these two guys. I, I loved the chemistry between them, and it was... I liked how Carius was, like, the lonely vampire trope that just wants to find somebody, like, in his own class, you know? An ancient-type vampire. So I love that shit. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, Jesse opens the stolen briefcase and finds a vial of souls, of course. TC feeds one to Grandma and her eyes open. 
And Sid Cassidy's smoking in a crack den. Tulip calls him up to check in and, and babbles and tells him what's been going on. And, and, and asks him, it's like, you're in a crack house, aren't you? And he's like, oh, it's not a house. You know? <laughs> no. Uh, she promises him that she and Jesse will come for him after they escape Angelville. But Cassidy, uh, to, you know, to hang in there. But Cassidy tells Tulip that he, he doesn't hang in there for people. You know, he's like, I've been through a thousand of... You know, Jesse and Tulips, and I'll do a thousand more. I'm 119 years old, so. And then Tulip's very upset, and Ruth Mega sells it, and then someone suddenly does the whole uh, chloroform napkin on Tulip's, Tulip's face and knocks her out. Jesse realizes that Grandma captured Tulip and threatens to kill her if she harms her, and TC knocks Jesse out with a broom. Jesse wakes up on the living room floor, and TC and Jody have tied up Tulip at this point. And Grandma is drinking from a goblet, as she's apparently sucked Madame Boyd uh, clean already, because she's sitting there kind of looking like a, a zombie. Tulip mm-hmm. is tied up next to her, and Jesse uh, walks in and instantly kills Madame Boyd to spare her from being a soulless zombie wanderer like the others in the tombs, which is where Grandma's about to send her. And he offers to give Grandma what she wants, and uh, she decides, and he decides it's time to call the Grail. So Star is finishing his meal with the All Father. How'd you like your hindquarters? And uh, and All Father goes full Mister Kratzo again this time, and, and purges himself with projectile vomit into a basin. <laughs> so more excuses to use my Monty Python clips. Um, Allfather reveals that on his command, the world's government will release their nuclear arsenals and end the world in order to separate the true believers from the false ones, which kind of horrifies Star. He's like, I thought we were making a run on the banks. (laughs) And he turns the conversation to a new topic, Jesse Custer. And finally, Cassidy returns to Le Enfant headquarters, and Mrs. Rosen uh, is delighted to see him and announces his arrival to the gang. So we're and, and she's making blondies. And making blondies. So we're de- definitely getting to see a f- little more vampire action uh, coming up. But that's it for this week, kids. Oh, boy. This one was great. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, they're just really, really pumping us full of the good comic stuff lately. Um, yeah. Even if it's just call-outs and mentions and wigs. But <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, still though, it's uh, again. I'll, I'll just uh, reiterate my surprise at the fact that they're doing that that Cassidy side story. It's yeah. uh, it's interesting because it is one of those things that yeah, it's was, not necessary for the. It's not necessary, but it's we've only seen Cassidy as yeah. a vampire, and he is not a traditional vampire. He's <laughs> anything but. So seeing the uh, the cheesy Anne Rice style vampires and vampire wannabes is just, that's just good drama. I think it's a great decision narratively though, because there isn't much for him to do at friggin' Angelville, other than being trapped in the tombs, and you know how many fights are they going to be able to pay to to stage, you know in that. It's literally all he was going to be able to do for the rest of the Angelville stuff, is just to be a fighter in the tombs and eventually break out or whatever, but yeah, this this gets him. No, he needs to be off the table for the the yeah. family drama that's happening. Yeah, and it's even better that the, the the reunion later will be you know hopefully more impactful because Cassidy's pretty much kind of given up on him at this point. So it's like he's like I'm never seeing these these mortals again. I'm going to go be with my own kind. So yeah, 
Good stuff, man. There. Yeah, it was uh, keeping it fresh. It was fresh. I, I and it's. I know there are still people that are probably bitter that it's not doing a pa- panel for panel for panel yeah. translation of the comics, but with the the extra stuff that they're giving us and the swerves that they're putting in, um, just they keep pulling me back in with it because I don't know exactly how they're. It seems like they're going to get to all the places that the book goes. But they're just putting their own little bit of a little bit of a twist on it. It should be a Saint Heavy one next episode because I think that's the Hitler episode. So you know, obviously going right after that, which means more Eugene too, and hopefully they don't wrap that up yeah. too, too quickly because I, I really want to see the Saint <laughs> Eugene and Hitler on the road together for at least a good chunk of an episode. Because oh, I'm sure we won't be robbed of that. Too much funny there to to deny us. Um, <laughs> Hitler, funny, yeah, that's how fucking twisted we are, kids. What yeah, it's, it's been 70, 80 years. We can make jokes about Hitler. I mean, Mel Brooks was doing it in the 70s, yeah. come on. Oh, yeah, you know. I still have to acknowledge that I, I feel a little queasy about enjoying Hitler so much. I think it's a healthy attitude to have. That's, <laughs> But I think that's the point, is that the, yeah. he's an awful human being, but the fact that they're making you laugh at him and actually enjoy his presence yeah. is just good writing. Well, I just can't wait to see friggin' Noah Taylor again. He's like one of my top favorite friggin' character actors. You know, it's not in enough stuff, but whenever he is, he knocks it out of the park. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't even see who the actor. The actor who's playing Acarius looked familiar, but didn't he look looked and sounded familiar. I can't remember who it is, though. So do the IMDb thing here real quick. I'm the weird podcaster that I am. Uh, I take a minute to do that because my dinner was calling. Um, sorry about that. Let me see. Acarius. Where are you, Acarius? Adam Crosdell. Nope, nope. Probably one of them damn... Yeah, British... Amer- oh, British American actor now, so... At least we're giving... What else him. might we have seen him in? Because uh, he sounds like somebody. I, he was he sounds- in, He's been in Supernatural as Balder. I don't oh. recall that one. Okay. Uh, NCIS. Young uh, Angus Clark. He was in a Final Fantasy game, maybe, or movie. I think he was in the game. Oh, he's in... Oh, wow, he's in... They're doing a lot of vampire stuff. He's in at least... He's in six episodes of Preacher, so... Okay. He's pretty much in the rest of the season. That's pretty cool. Interesting. He's in Batman Ninja. Uh, He's on the Rain TV series. Halo... He does a lot of video game stuff. Halo 2 Wars. So, hey. All right. Once upon a time, Doc McStuffins... Dude's staying busy. Hot in Cleveland. Stevie the Hopposaurus. He was a narrator. Dead Island Riptide video game. He's a video game guy, mostly. All right, all right. Awesome. Cool. Uh, Just one Supernatural. I love love character actors like this, man. They'll just fucking do anything. They're usually never phoned in because they want that next job. Yep. It's great when shows like this can give them a shot. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to think like this there really wasn't any swerves or surprises or anything in this episode. It was just nicely well written and well acted and kept me uh, hooked from the jump. I mean it's <laughs> can't get can't not get sucked into this show. No. If you have a black sense of humor like yeah. I do. But. Oh yeah. Uh, 
But I understand it's not everybody's cup of tea, so... It's actually kind of surprising they're going to do that much of the vampire stuff, but so maybe that's the, uh, you know, the, the cliffhanger at the end or something that, you know, Cassidy finally gets, you know, back with Jesse and Tulip at the end of this season, which would, that would be alarming if, like, they don't get together again until the end of the season. But it's if, possible. But if they've crafted it like that, that, that gets me thinking that they might already know a fourth season is coming if they're going to spend that much time with the vampire folks that... Yeah. So maybe there have been some behind the scene talks in AMC and uh, yeah, okay, you guys can have X number of seasons to do this. That would be the ideal situation. Yeah. But uh yeah, I really can't add too much to this one. I just plop plopped it on the uh, the old uh, idiot box and sat down. It was just thoroughly entertaining yeah. from start to finish with this one. Yeah, I think and it's it, just, just going to keep picking up steam from here, too, which is great. Yeah, and just, uh, man, I'm so glad the fact that we got a little throwback to, to TC from the comics. Yeah. I mean, the look of sheer joy on his face when he's got that goat on a leash and he's running down the street I with know. his dick flopping around yeah. was just absolutely genius. Yeah, it'll be one for the uncensored Blu-ray kids. TC uh, <laughs> looks like he's actually got a pretty respectable dingle going on there. So I wasn't looking that closely. Good for I him. It was just funny. If it's pixelated and you can still see a swing, I gotta think it's at least average or above, right? I mean, All right, or it's a prosthetic. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, probably, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. All right, yeah, it's, it must be getting late if we're talking about penis, but there's hair star's head, so how can you not yeah. think about it? Uh, I like that. One thing I do kind of regret is uh, when when he talks about it. When Star talks about it in the comics, he takes the head off. He's like, "Look at my head. I look like yeah. a cock." Like it's him saying it, which is even funnier. Yeah, I I gotta hand it to him for going like up to eleven with that scar too. I figured yeah. maybe they'd do a little oh you know, I just, a little uh, hole scar on the top or something, but no, they yeah. they went full I just, slit. <laughs> Full, full penis, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I just thought of something. When, uh, it's not um, Featherstone's the girl. What's the, what's the black guy's Hoover name? I, Hoover. Yeah. He said he was going to reach out to his police contacts to try to find Cassidy. Yeah. I'm wondering if he reaches out to the wrong people, namely Freddie and ooh, uh, the other guy, ooh. Hmm. who are the sexual investigators. That, now, if they can, if they manage to work that in, that would be beautiful. Yeah. I, yeah. So we'll, we'll he see. Particularly abduct with uh, hiring people as uh, Star learned in the you know first yeah. season with the hookers second yep. season so ooh alright uh, mail that to AMC right now here let's get them on it they can, they can guys, still do get it me, guys get me on the show I'll produce yep. I'll produce I'll give notes I can act on this for free just to be on the fucking set all day man that would be just I could be the the, the marquee to Decide or whatever his name is. <laughs> Jesus decide, yeah. Jesus decide, yes. <laughs> I could pull that roll off. Well, we'll save that one for. That's the beauty, man. If they keep getting seasons, they can. There's a lot of shit they can just pull out. Oh yeah, that's the beauty of it. All right, Hitler and Eugene and the Saint next week, and probably some other stuff. We'll be here or talking about it. So hopefully you'll listen. Uh, Cheap Scott Productions at uh, Gmail dot com. If you want to email us, that would be great. Cause Please do. I took the time to make the, the damn address, and only two people have emailed me, and one of them is a friend of mine that doesn't listen to my podcast. So. And the other one was a Nigerian prince. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> so, feedback, please. 
We'll be back soon whenever next week gets here or something like that. Bye now. Yeah.